0: Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, we're exploring the pride of your toaster.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Seth Nelson. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Pete Wright. Divorce is divorce is divorce, right? Not so fast. With marriage equality, Becoming the law of the land on June 26, 2015, so did divorce equality. And while the legal machine of divorce process will be quite familiar, can we say the same about the cultural adaptation to gay divorce? Stephen Petro is an award-winning journalist and best-selling book author who is best known for his Washington Post and New York Times essays on LGBTQ life, health, and civility. He also has an opinion column for USA Today. he writes about civil discourse and manners, and in his piece in the Atlantic, Celebrating My Gay Divorce, he writes with vulnerability and candor about his own experience with divorce equality. Stephen, welcome to The Toaster.
2: I'm glad to be in the hot seat. So uh, I'm a little (laughs) afraid of you guys, gentlemen, but um, we're good, and I just want to be clear, I'm a gay divorcee, but that... Divorce has only one E in it and the accent mark.
1: Of course, a writer is immediately going to say that. <laughs> of course right? It,
0: of course, it does, and I appreciate that you you come with such syntax. Of course, immediately out of the <laughs> gate, uh, you are writing about civil discourse and manners. Boy, did you land on the wrong show? Now you uh, can tell me, <laughs> we, or, or else the right show. Yeah, you didn't know we we called you into inter, as an intervention <laughs> for us. Uh, you know, we, so we've been trying, we've been noodling about a show about gay divorce for years, but Seth always comes back to me and he says, gay divorce is gay divorce, man. Like, I'm a lawyer. The law has the, the, has rules for a divorce and we follow those rules, whether you're gay divorced or straight divorced. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Why would we need a show on gay divorce? The more and more we start reading about this, the more we run into maybe not legal issues with gay divorce, mm-hmm. though there are some to talk about, but cultural issues around gay divorce that might make for an interesting conversation on this show, and here you are, as somebody experienced with it, writing about it, thinking critically about it. What do we need to know about gay divorce? Well, you know, I always hate to get in
2: between a couple. So I'm thinking about you and as a couple yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of what? I'm not sure. Uh, yep. Good. Off to the right track. Off the right track. So, you know, from a legal perspective, yes, the divorce is a divorce is a divorce, and um, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Though, when when it comes to cultural aspects and personal aspects, it's very different for LGBTQ people uh, in 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 several ways. And you know, one of them, I remember when I was so I was um, partnered, and then I was married for a total of 14 years, and then in um, 2016. we separated, had a legal separation, and then were declared divorced um, in, in 2017. So many, in, many of my friends in the queer community didn't even know that the laws are applied the same, equally, to same-sex couples as opposite-sex couples. And then you kind of go out of the queer community and... You know, frankly, there are many um, heterosexual people who who did not have that understanding. I think you know people just didn't really think about it uh, because, of course, if you were to drill down, you know, we generally don't have laws that apply only to one group or another, and so certainly, you know, these laws are the same. But you know, 2017 came fairly quickly um, after 2015 when marriage equality was was you know made the law of the land by the Supreme Court, and so um, you know, so there were some some real. Lessons. There were lessons for me in this. There were lessons
0: for my friends, our families and and communities. So how do you feel like you changed as a result of your your divorce?
1: Well, can we back up before we get there, Pete? Sure. Let's back up to how did it change when you had the right to get married and you got married? Because you were were you in a long-term committed relationship?
2: Yeah. We had been together for eight or nine years at that point. And we married in the summer of 2013. You know, we had, we had a good relationship at that point, you know, in getting, so we're both in our fifties. And before tying the knot, we did not do a prenup, but we did, you know, we did speak to our accountant, you know, how was this going to make sense financially? We looked at our legal paperwork and sort of brought that up to speed. And I will tell you that I was surprised by what happened after we got married, because we're an, established, we're an established couple for a long time. But when we had this some reception at our home in, in North Carolina, Hillsborough, North Carolina, this was the first same-sex wedding reception that anyone there had ever been to. And for us, or I'll speak for me, it was very affirming of the relationship in a way I had never expected. It just kind of took it to a different level you know, we were married, we were husbands, even though there was stumbling over what to call each of us, you know, are they still boyfriends or partners? No, you know, we're husbands or spouses. There was a real public aspect to that. I come from a family where uh, my mother and father were in the New York Times when they got married, you know, it's kind of been, you know, part of part of our lives that way. We were in the New York Times when we got married. So there was there was kind of hooking into traditions also around, uh, you know, around matrimony, but uh something very heteronormative. I kind of like them.
1: Right. I find that very interesting because my fiance and I have been together for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And Pete knows this. We've, we split up for a couple of years. And my understanding of why that was is because I wanted to get married and she did not. If she was here, she would be telling a different story. And I assure you, Hers would be correct and mine would be wrong. It would be the right story. Yeah, -hmm. She would always say, but I'm in a committed relationship with you. I want to be with you the rest of my life. And I'm like, it's just different to me. I can't explain it. It's part of my DNA. And so I wonder, but now we got engaged and people treat us differently. They're all excited about the wedding. It is a different level. And she's mildly annoyed. Like, well, why didn't people treat us like this before? And I said, because it's just different. Maybe it shouldn't be but it is. And it seems to me that when you've lived that and gotten married, you've had that exact experience. Like, it is a different level.
0: There's all the joy of being a soon-to-be-married couple. And you're sort of a showpiece now for the gay community, in particularly in a community where there isn't a lot of gay marriage.
2: Yeah, absolutely true. And it felt like we were role models. And there was some you know there was a responsibility in that too and and I guess part of um you know since I write about LGbtq issues I'd been writing about same sex marriage for for many years you know I felt um you know I felt especially close to the issue and then of course when when our marriage dissolved um it was it was challenging to me on a, on another level that way um because I am a you know in the public eye about that and I remember talking to a a friend slash colleague who is actually a, a lesbian wedding planner and then she got divorced and she felt people not going to come to me anymore because you know i'm divorced and no that was not the case and this is some of the i guess internal dialogue that we had to deal with but it was real it was real in my head in any case i often hear voices though so what can i say
0: (laughs) well this was this is the thing we've heard before that that the additional uh you know that that same showpiece sort of structure of being a marrying gay couple. You become the same showpiece, as you describe, of being a a divorcing gay couple. And part of the, the stigma on that is failing at being gay. Like, you've wanted this the whole time, and now you can't even keep it. Right. That's that's what I've, I've had reflected on on from some of my uh, gay couple friends. How does that hit you? I mean, is that not only that you're also in the public eye? Same sex couples and queer people have wanted
2: to get married or most of us have wanted to get married, you know, for our whole lives. And we were not able to do that. Then we are able to do that. Then I do that and then it doesn't work out. You know, there's sort of, you know, many, many levels of of failure within that. There's the, you know, the sense of personal failure within the relationship. And, um, and then kind of the, the larger, more diffuse one, you know, how does, how does the world, you know, see us? And what does it, what does it mean? You know, well, in the end, it means that same sex couples are very much like opposite sex couples. Some marriages work. Some marriages don't. We're human beings, uh, together and, and separately. Um, but all of that was new, and you know, there
0: really aren't still there aren't that many divorced same-sex couples. Turns out, the lesson we had to prove all along is exactly that: that relationships fail, and that is equality. We we collectively know how to screw up relationships and go to Seth.
2: Yeah, and you know, and one thing I one thing that surprised me also was around around languaging. That you said that after you got engaged, you know, people sort of honored your relationship in a different way. After Jim and I separated and then divorced, people were really not sure of the language to use. And they were like, oh, you guys broke up. Um, you know, you're not shacking up together anymore. It really felt like because <laughs> that's a romantic that's a, term, that's a, romantic term. a lot of the language <laughs> diminished the legal relationship that we had it was though it was kind of like a plaything, and we're, we're going to use words that really don't honor it and um so that was actually part of the education that i found myself doing as a writer around that and in that atlantic piece that you know it has the same Emotional significance; it has the same legal significance, and alas, sometimes the same economic um, circumstances. I mean, we we got into an alimony air quotes discussion. You know that um, that was very painful, and is um, frequently in the center of, of the other other people's
1: divorces. So that is so true. Just on that point, if I may, is that language matters, and. And I mean, we've got a brilliant writer on the show. I don't have to tell him that. Currently now in Florida, in Hillsborough County, there's been a change in the law where before we would say it's a divorce. I represent the husband. I represent the wife. And, and throughout all of our documents, it would be husband, wife, husband, wife, husband, wife. The technical legal term is whoever files for divorce is the petitioner and whoever is responding is the respondent. So now it is changed where all of our forms are petitioner respondent and we no longer say husband, wife, quite frankly, in our own practice area, because in family law, it doesn't really matter that much. There's some strategy reasons, whether you want to file first or, or second, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Um, so I will frequently forget whether I'm petitioner or respondent who I'm representing. Right. Um, when we're in court, I remember, but these changes in words matter. And I think there's a lot of what I'll call the 50 stereotype. The wife stays home with the children and raises the kid and the husband goes out and works. And then we have this alimony component. And obviously if they're getting divorced, mom should be taking care of the children because that's what mothers do. Well, when you have two fathers in the courtroom, that stereotype is out the window. So, I think there's been some dynamic relationship changes coming before the court where they might have had unconscious bias before that is no longer there because they're different parties standing in front of them.
2: I think that's a really good point. And, and I remember, you know, what is it, 2022, not that long ago, maybe 2014 or so, many marriage certificates had bride and groom. And then now you have, you know, you have two brides, or you have two grooms. Some people don't even like either of those words, but you know, it was very um, you know, from from, from a different period and, and and set off um different, you know, different associations and connotations.
0: Seth, Nelson, it is, uh, believe it or not, it's still back to school season, but we're going to call it back at school season because for now, I think just about everybody, we're easing in back into the school year. Kids are in school and we're practicing now some new behaviors, I imagine. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. So kids are back at school. Hopefully we're back to a routine. Summer is always all over the place. So we're back at school, but things can be stressful, especially now. It matters whether you have the kids have all their stuff when they go to the other parent's house, because that stuff might be their homework. That stuff might be their books, their pencils. Do they have their athletic gear that they need for extracurriculars after school, or their instrument that they're playing, or anything else that they may be doing? It can be stressful. When people get stressed, they tend to self medicate. Please don't do that with alcohol.
0: Please don't do that with alcohol. We And that's why we at How to Split a Toaster, our entire mission is to help save relationships and get you through your divorce process. We have partnered with Soberlink. Soberlink offers resources to help you navigate these complex waters of this back-to-school, back-at-school season. What is Soberlink?
1: Soberlink is a remote alcohol monitoring technology. It's created to help you prove your sobriety in custody cases. The system includes a high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition that allows you to receive real-time updates from monitoring co-parents anytime, anywhere, allowing for swift intervention to improve child safety. Now, if you're the one being monitored, let's get something straight here. This is to help make sure your kids are safe and put your ego to the side and say, look, even if I don't need to be monitored, I'm not an alcoholic and you're having those conversations, another approach is yeah happy to do it because i'm going to show to you and the court that the kids are safe with me and i'm just going to ask that when i do the facial recognition because it's not the best picture it's just not going to be used for any other reasons other than the court proceedings and you're willing to do that to keep your kids safe so you can spend quality time with them that's what SoberLink is all about
0: and Soberlink is currently offering a free back-to-school and divorce packet that includes a QA and a with a top divorce attorney, back-to-school checklist, communication tips, and more. And you can get yours by visiting www.soberlink.com toaster. Thanks to Soberlink for sponsoring How to Split a Toaster. In the spirit of, you know, check your local jurisdiction, I'm curious how uh, equality under as the law of the land applies across the laws of the land. And I, I will say it is ironic to me that you're talking about what seems to be a progressive change in the way you're. Court filing is handled, right? Petitioner and respondent um, it, coming from a state where you can't actually say the word, right? <laughs> you know, where making the news right. for don't right. say gay. Like
1: welcome to my world. peace. So, right? uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I feel like that has to we have to have that conversation at some level buried in the subtext of what we're saying here, because, um, you know, I in, in just reading up on some of the issues, where does the law get complicated in and around gay divorce. If it's just the law is the law is the law, why then are there still issues around child custody and uh, child support and alimony? How, how is that handled? So, Pete, before we get all the way into that, I want to kindly
2: make a, another language suggestion. Please. Before same-sex couples could, mar- could be married, there was this phrase, gay marriage. And, um, we didn't like that because gay is used as a modifier or as an adjective marriage, yeah it's marriage and then it's marriage of sex couples so you know when we are talking about divorce it's really not gay divorce unless you're being clever um it's you know divorce of same sex couples because it's it's not a different kind of divorce okay at all and you know and, you know we all want the same you know the same rights and responsibilities in divorce
1: so um just wanted to say that well, I think that's a great point and and to Steven's point is. I think in court, and I've I've seen it. The law doesn't change, but how it gets applied at some levels might be more even-handed because you don't have the unconscious bias that I was referring to before. And it's the way I present my case is always different based upon the judge that I have. That I I know some arguments I know don't work because I've made them before. They didn't work. We always prepare it within the law and with the facts and every case is different. But I work really hard to present cases to bring the court information that I think they need to make the decision. When we had Judge Tibbles on, we talked about that, Pete. But how you present that information can be vastly different between attorneys and between ultimately outcomes in that courtroom. And the when you're doing that with the same-sex couple, understanding that there aren't necessarily these unconscious bias, but if there's a sliver that opens the door for the judge and the court to be like, oh, I get it, and this is derogatory, but this is them thinking it without saying it, that's the husband, that's the wife. And they fall right back mm-hmm. into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, just landing on those stereotypes. That's just like right. my mother. Just That's like right. my C-R-B. mother.
1: She could not
2: understand how in a marriage there could be there. There had to be a husband and a wife. So who who was the husband and who was the wife in my relationship? My mother kept saying she was you know in, in her eighties at that point, but that you know comes from from you know a different paradigm. You know, it also thinks like, thinks, seems to me like there is the elephant in this room. You know, we're talking about the Supreme Court, um, you know, case Obergefell versus Hodges from 2015. You know, many people in, in my community are extremely worried about what this court might do to marriage equality and what that would mean for couples who are currently married and for couples who might want to get married. And, um, you know, it's it's frightening. It's frightening in many of and many of the, um, you know, the rationales used in the recent um, abortion case could be applied here. Uh, Seth, you probably know more about all that legal stuff than I do.
0: But um, it's a concern to to extend the concern. Uh, you know, when you think about all the, the rights that have come through 2015's change, could those rights for divorce be somehow eroded, and suddenly you have less of a, of a right to have an even uh, sort of equity in the divorce process. Is that, is that a, as rational a fear for current same-sex married couples?
1: Absolutely. And first off, I agree. According to the rationale of the abortion case that overturned 50 years of precedent and took away a right, that rationale all flows through same-sex marriage, privacy to contraception. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Judge Thomas stops short, Justice Thomas stopped short of this, in his opinion, when he says, oh, this could apply to all these things we're talking about, but he didn't mention interracial couples, and he's in an interracial marriage, right? So the same rationale flows through. To your point, Pete, and to Stephen's point, If right now you have a couple, same sex, that is married, and they don't want to be in that relationship, and there's no prenup, there's a way to get out, you get divorced. Or just take the prenup out for a second. You're married, you get divorced.
0: We know how divorce works.
1: What happens if the Supreme Court says, you're no longer married? How do you divide up your stuff? If you choose that you no longer want to live together? How do you do time sharing in custody, in visitation, if you choose no longer to live under the same roof? How do you decide on death issues, on who can be in the ICU with you when it's only your spouse and you're no longer married? There are all these other issues that arise that deal with the most emotional, heart felt difficult parts of our lives that people in the gay community had to deal with for a long time and then they got marriage equality and a lot of problems were solved and they will be even worse i think than what not having it having it you're in the relationship and now poof it's gone
2: right and you know so many people were and so many people were shocked about the abortion decision. You know, we had 50 years of, of precedent and precedence here. It was almost unbelievable. And so this kind of falls in my head in the unbelievable category too that this might happen, but we've already just seen it happen with this court, you know. And so unfortunately, anything seems possible. And you know, the the ruinous nature of that, the inherently unequal nature of that is. is is abhorrent and, and then
0: deeply frightening to so many people. Um, to couples, to couples with kids, so on and so forth. I, I was there are so many link uh, clickbaity headlines. I was just sort of <laughs> traipsing around the internet as I'm um, want line. to do, uh, <laughs> looking, yeah, looking at, uh, at at what are the challenges in in divorce and and they you know the leading headlines are like yeah c- child custody could just go completely wrong and you think the court is going to completely misunderstand child custody and it's going to be just terrible and th- there's story after story of same sex couples. Actually, trying to use the fact that they were same sex to get out of paying alimony and the courts or child support, and the court saying, "No, you were married. You're a parent. Get out of. You can't get out of it just because you're not biologically related to this child." Um, it seems to be uh, a small uh, a percentage mm-hmm. of of overall stories, but they're out there, and they they feel like, yes, okay, we have arrived at, at marriage equality. Everybody's trying to game the divorce process. You know with Rights come responsibilities.
2: That is specifically true to marriage. Yep. That's all I have to say to that. You know, if you are a parent and you're in a same sex couple and you're getting divorced,
0: you're on the line. That's part of your responsibility. To use your word, same institution, same benefits, same penalties.
2: Thank you for reminding me of my words, Pete.
0: You're very welcome. I have them right here. And I was I'm just to have a call to the tattoo parlor. I'm okay. just going to work that
1: out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I do Seth, not know. Seth, I do not want to know where you're putting that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just,
0: it's it's kind of a long sentence, Seth. Uh, I want to pivot here real quick. Do you have anything else on this before we get into uh, some really
1: important business, Pete? If you're going to pivot, I'm never getting in your way. I've learned my lesson,
0: Stephen. When was your when was your divorce? What year? Uh, divorced in
2: 2018. 2018. Separated in 2017. I might have gotten the years wrong earlier.
0: I'm going to read just a a short passage to you, and I would like you to reflect on whether or not there is any connection between your divorce and proximity to this project. Stupid things I won't do when I get old, a highly judgmental, unapologetically honest accounting of all the things our elders are doing wrong. This is your new book right after you get divorced. Stephen, what happened? That is a very sharp pivot, but
2: thank you, thank you for pivoting. <laughs> you know, there's an overlap in time in that I started I started working on this book in 2017 um, when I was well into my 50s and my parents were well into their 70s, and was um, it was very focused on um, on their aging, on their aging issues and, and challenges. You know, and and actually, Pete, in terms of the calendar. My mom died in January of 2017. My dad died in April the same year. And then Jim and I separated right in between. He chose February to leave. So they were kind of, you know, kind of all muddled together and, um, you know, and a wow. pretty awful year for me. Um, but, yeah, so that book really came out of um, trying to be a better son to my parents, trying to learn some of the lessons um, from their generation so that we can live a little bit um, happier and, and smarter. But the book I'm working on now, it doesn't have a fancy or a snarky title yet, but it's about finding joy in challenging times. And so there I will um, be reflecting more on on what happened in my marriage and and what happened after, because
0: um, I am much more joyful now that I'm out of that marriage. That sounds like a a relief, a silver lining.
1: Yeah. In the moment when you were going through the divorce, did you think... Ever that I will be more joyful out of this, or I just want to get through this process so I can start living my best life again.
2: Never, ever. It was, um, it was really hard. You know, bringing, you know, this stuff. You know, we we each had lawyers. It became somewhat um, litigious. It was painful. It was emotionally painful. You know, I think when you're in a storm like that. It's really hard to see your way out. And when you don't know that many people who have been in that specific storm, um, and here I'm talking about sort of same-sex divorce, it was, it was a lonely experience. And um, remember, I had, I had one really good friend who had um, been married to a man and, and, and was divorced, and he was really a lifeline for me, just you know emotionally, but also sort of understanding uh, how this all worked uh, legally. And of course, it, things vary state to state. Um, North Carolina... Where I live has this one year separation rule, and that is a very pro family policy because they hope people will and couples will come back together that 's why they make you stick it out for a year I, that's not true in all states i don't know what the case is in, in florida
1: it's not Florida, I think that one year rule, which is also the same in Louisiana and some other states that i'm aware, it just makes the pain go on for another year it does I think that is the one of the travesties of those quote unquote pro family because that's how it's sold and that's how it's built and that's how the politicians will talk about it right. what they miss is that hurts families that are going through the process in unbelievable ways that take years to heal and that scar may never go away and it's all because oh we want to keep you together
2: yeah, the state. The state. Oh, the state seems to know better an awful lot these days. I say that deeply um, sarcastically. Um, so, I guess my point is, you know, when you're in the middle of a shitstorm, it's really hard to see your way out. So, I know I did not imagine that things could be better. We need to give some time to all of this and find a new perspective. And, you know, I am happier. And from everything that I hear, my, my ex is also happier.
0: Well, that was actually my next question, Stephen. I mean, did you have you salvaged any sort of a relationship between you as friends and colleagues? Or is that that in the past? You know, I don't want to get um, too personal, but uh, of
2: course. he did not want to have an ongoing relationship and um and then he repartnered within a couple of months and then remarried and we sort of have been off on our separate ways our our, our honestly our most contentious issue was about the dog that we had at the time um, the Jack Russell terrier and um i wound up with custody of her set thanks to a very good lawyer and some some shaming on my part of <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I will. You, I, like, right you do you said what that, it takes for the dog. That's all I'm saying. Let me tell
1: I'm you, you Stephen, I went to trial. The, the one issue, the main issue, was who gets the dog. Mm-hmm. And in that trial, thankfully, we prevailed for our client. I thought it was actually the right outcome as well. I don't always say that. Um, but those can be very emotional mm-hmm. issues. And under the law in Florida, we always say, check your local jurisdiction. It's property. But in Florida, there's case law that also says when you deal with division of property, the court's allowed to take into your sentimental attachment to that property. And we think that ultimately in the carrying of the dog and the number of years, you know, during separation for the year, like who has the dog, right? Like, and, and stuff of that nature. But it gets very fact specific and we can joke, but. Dogs are part of the family.
2: Yeah. And, I, you know, I would say also within same-sex couples, dogs, pets are often, you know, the, the surrogate for children. So the attachment and the meaning can um, can be sort of disproportionately high. And if, if I'm remembering correctly, Seth, um, I think there are some jurisdictions or states, California being one of them, where they're starting to view um, dogs and pets not as property but asking asking the question like what is in the best interest of of the of the animal or or of the dog i think there's a sort of a slow shift in in that direction which i think is great
1: stephen we had a whole podcast about what is in the best interest of the dog one
0: of our top downloaded shows in our history is people wanting to learn and 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 have learned from uh, a specialist on what is best for the dog talking about what's best for the for the pet it's fascinating, yeah, fascinating area. Uh, so uh, stupid things I won't do when I get old. We're pitching that. We want people to make sure you go check out this book. Stephen's writing is fantastic and incisive. And as a fan myself, I eagerly uh, endorse going and reading uh, this book. And you're working on the joy book. When do we get to see that? You know, With any luck, you'll be seeing it. And we can talk about it again in the summer of 2024. Outstanding. Outstanding.
1: Well, Stephen, let me tell you, I have an 18-year-old son, and his favorite magazine is The Atlantic. And I am just hopeful that when I talk to him this evening and tell him that you were on the podcast, I might just get a little notch up, like maybe I know something.
2: Good good luck with that. But also,
1: I know your son, and
0: probably not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alright <laughs> Pete, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> you know what? It was perfect. It was a double barrel. That was exactly as it should have been. Uh, uh Stephen Petro, thank you so much for being here. Stephenpetro.com. Uh just Google search the guy. You'll find all kinds of stuff he's he's up to. We sure appreciate you, Stephen. Thanks for being here. Thanks guys. And thank you everybody for downloading and listening to this show. Don't forget, you can ask a question anytime you want. Just head over to howtodisplatetoaster.com. Push the ask a question button and then ask a question. Yeah, Bing, Bing, boom. You've asked a question to us. It's It's going to be great. We'll talk about it on the show. We'd love to hear your voice. Uh, And until then, on behalf of the fantastic Stephen Petro and Seth Nelson, America's favorite divorce attorney, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida.